Game one of the 2023-24 season tipped off on Wednesday, and Miami got away with a 103-102 victory over the Pistons. We break down the game and who stood out, but there were all too familiar struggles that could be a bad omen for the rest of the season. Is it too soon to be concerned? We'll answer that and more on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Les Goldberg, joining as always. It's Dave Vermill, however you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. So the Heat almost beat the Pistons by double digits in an easy win, but instead they had to do it the hard way. After the Heat led by 19 in the fourth quarter, the Pistons went on a 14-0 run and eventually cut the lead to one with one minute and 44 seconds remaining. Cade Cunningham misses a 30-footer at the buzzer and the Heat escape. They start the season with an ugly one-point win that game town to a late miss. Uh, David, I'm not going to overreact to the first game of the season, but I can't help but think that this is why you kind of need a dress rehearsal in the preseason. This felt like a preseason game. The Heat just testing a bunch of stuff. They didn't know what their rotations were going to be. This is the first time we even saw the confirmed starting lineup. Uh, It got sloppy late with some turnovers and things like that. And I think that's ultimately why what turned, what was a comfortable, what should have been a comfortable win ended up being a close win. Yeah, I, I think it's also indicative of some struggles that they had offensively, defensively as well. Uh, they just couldn't seem to find ways to muster any kind of offense uh, smoothly, a lot like what we saw last year. Uh, and and the youth and athleticism of the Detroit Pistons kind of caught up to the heat as well. They were able to kind of cut into that lead. And Kate Cunningham was a monster tonight. He finished with what? 30 points. 30 points. Nine assists. Yeah, big, big night for him. And he he's, just he's looked great. very, very comfortable out there. Uh, Miami had no like the, the second unit from Miami was really what helped them build that lead. And then when they got taken out, all of a sudden it felt like Kate Cunningham back in the game was able to chip away at it and they just didn't have a proper response for it. 52 clutch games last year. Yeah. One out of one so far. I'd like this to year. say you know, we, we get our money's worth here at Caseya Center. I'm so, I just, I'm so sick of this, man. Like, please don't make this copy and paste version of last year. It's, it's, we felt I know the roster is basically – it did. It really, it really, really did. To a young team that basically had no business being in this game. And you and and look, I already said I wasn't going to overreact to just one game. I really – it felt like a preseason game for that second half, didn't it? Yeah, it was sloppy. It was really bad. Um, I will re- overreact. Not overreact. I will, I will react appropriately. Okay. I think this team is not – very good during the regular season and i think it won't necessarily matter the same way it did last year and i think they kind of you know crapped the bed a little bit against a a team that really crapped the bed like they were horrific like detroit is not a very good team they were very young they're still figuring things out and they they shot themselves in the foot time and time again with a number of turnovers unforced errors on their part miami capitalized to their credit but that's not good enough. That's not good enough to get it done. It's the old sports radio question. Did the did the Heat win this game or did the Pistons lose it? And it kind of felt like the Pistons lost it yeah, with, with that first half um, specifically um, that the Heat basically blew them out in. Look, I, I don't know that I'm ready to go that far. Again, it felt like a preseason game to me. This is the first time that it was confirmed that Kyle Lowry was the starting point guard. The first game that it was con- uh, confirmed that Kevin Love was the starting power forward. It was the first time we saw anything even close to this rotation because it was also the first time we saw Jimmy Butler at all in this calendar season. So, <laughs> um, look, I want to actually just 
what I don't know how much more I have to take away from the, like the specifics of the game. It just sort of felt like the Pistons went on a run late in that game and the heat ended up having to win on a missed Cade Cunningham three pointer at the buzzer to kind of get into more of like the trends and the things that we can learn from this. I think we learned about Miami's rotation, yeah. right? Again, first time we really saw it starting lineup, Lowry hero, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Love, Bam Adebayo, not at all surprising. Four of those guys, double-digit scoring. One of them, zero points, because I don't even know. He got credited for one shot, Kyle Lowry did. I'm not even convinced it was a shot. It kind of looked to me like a fake lob attempt. I don't really know. And that didn't even happen until like there was a minute and 40 left in the game at a desperation at the end of a shot clock. So Kyle Lowry took zero shots in the flow of the offense the entire night, regardless of how you credit that one. I'm a little concerned about that. I don't know what to say. Uh, we saw that last year, too. And I, I don't know if he's just trying to play it safe, if he's just being efficient, or if he thinks his job is so completely to get everybody else going and not wind up being more active offensively. But that's not the version that we saw from him in the postseason either. Right. So he knows how important it is for him to be able to take good shots. But maybe it's just because those shots weren't easy for him to get at the rim and he doesn't feel comfortable taking shots from the perimeter. If that's the case, then I don't know what to say. Like, it's I, not like he was like getting dudes involved either. He had two assists. Yeah, you know, he, it was very much like my job is to get the ball across half court and then give it to Jimmy or Bam or Tyler so that they can run the offense. I, I don't know. And it's not like he's the 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 defensive player that he once was at thirty seven years old. He struggled. I, I said this to you before. I think there's a lot of people. We have a question about this when we get to our listener questions later about Tyler Hero's inefficiency and the volume of shooting. He took twenty four field goal attempts, by far the most on the team tonight. Kyle Lowry took one field goal attempt. The Miami starting backcourt today took 25 field goal attempts. <laughs> so, like, I guess when you view, when you look at it that way, that's a normal amount of field goal attempts for your starting backcourt. So, Tyler Hero was just doing what Kyle Lowry wasn't doing, and that's what I'll, and that's sort of my defense of Tyler Hero tonight. It's okay, maybe you're not happy with the fact that he went seven for 24, but at least he was taking shots. The other version of that on the on the extreme side of the spectrum is what we saw from Kyle Lowry. Uh, let's get into that second unit that you mentioned, though. It's it's basically led by Tyler Hero, and then it's along with Caleb Martin, Jaime Hakez, Thomas Bryant, Duncan Robinson's a part of it. Drew Smith got off the bench for eight minutes and 40 seconds, and he was fine. Got a bunch of deflections, didn't really do much offensively. But um, that second unit is something I'm actually really excited about. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about Thomas Bryant specifically in that second unit when we get to the next segment. But um, I think that that was the right call. And again, again, it's maybe not exactly what it's going to be because no Josh Richardson, no Haywood Highsmith tonight. Yes. But I do like what Spolster is doing with these rotations, keeping Bam and Jimmy and Lowry kind of together and then getting Tyler a unit where I keep calling it sort of jokingly like the let Tyler Hero Cook lineup. But that's essentially what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. He was basically carrying the offense, at least in the terms of field goal attempts and stuff like that. But Bryant was checking in. Very impactful in his minutes. Hawk is bringing incredible yeah. energy. I, th I think the offense was running through Hero, but there were other opportunities for everybody else. Duncan Robinson getting his opportunities that way. He had a really solid outing as yeah. well. Uh, and and you brought up the fact that uh, Jimmy and and uh, Kyle were getting their minutes. They tied together. like They both came on yeah. and off the floor at basically the same time. And I think it makes sense at this point in their respective careers. Um, one other thing that is sort of like a concerning note for me is the three-point shooting. 22 three-point attempts for the game for Miami, 32 for Detroit. So it's not exactly like they were firing it up at a 2023 level either. But 22 is just unbelievably low. And Same as last year. Eric Spolstra said after the game, he's like, for you analytics people, we will get these numbers up. 
dead. I love when Spo acts like he's not an analytics guy because right. he is. Like, what, what numbers? How dare you mention numbers as statistical proof of us being inefficient? But uh, yeah, the, the three point shooting, the lack thereof, like the lack of three point attempts was really concerning. They shot at a high percentage because they didn't shoot hardly any. Yeah, 36%. You know? yeah. yeah, that's not that's not great. Um, it, it just, I don't, credit to Detroit's defense. They were trying their best. Yeah. They showed a lot on, on defense. They have mobile bigs in Isaiah Stewart and, and Jalen Duran that can go and show and, and, and you try to put a hand up and stuff like that. They have a lot of young wing players. Keep Asal Thompson him. can defend Asal now. Thompson, yeah, we should mention him. Like He, he set a tone early awesome. on. He swatted shots from Tyler. He's, I think he swatted a Jimmy Butler shot. Took Jimmy one-on-one, forced him baseline, forced the ball out of his hands. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is in the first, like, four minutes of the game. And I'm like, this guy is, like, at an NBA-level defender right now. And yeah. he wouldn't even play, like, real basketball. Yeah. Played an overtime elite before. So I'm not even sure <laughs> where this came from. But um, he was solid. But, okay, that's The three-point so shooting, though, it's – it's. I look at two guys, and, and I've mentioned this to you before, I, I think on air, but definitely off air. Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, it's kind of on them. I mean, Kyle Lowry's got to get more than zero up, but it, it really comes down to Tyler and Duncan. Duncan took 10 shots. Only half of them were threes. Tyler took 24 shots. Only seven of them were threes. Kevin Love took six three-pointers. He went three for six. He was, was good tonight. Uh, and they and they, they don't win this game if Kevin Love doesn't go three for no. six or three. No. I mean, I you need more from Tyler. You need more from Duncan. I'm not really sure where the rest of the three-pointers come from. Caleb took three of them. Um, seven of his three attempts or, or three of his seven field goal attempts were three pointers, but somebody on this team just has to put the shots up. And I don't really care if they're even quality shots at this point, necessarily. They just got to get them early enough in the shot clock where they could uh, push the pace up a little bit and then they can get way more than 22 of them. You'd like for them to have been able to set a tone earlier on with hitting some of those shots and then kind of pushing back on, on Detroit's defense and kind of keeping them on their heels because that kind of throws them off. Then they have to make adjustments, especially when they're a young team and they don't necessarily know what the next step should be defensively. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Tyler was bombing early often, and uh, he wasn't hitting. And I no. think that was – he was kind of forcing a little bit. At least Started one my, for nine. Yeah, that was my my perspective was that he was forcing a little bit. You, you like that, and I, I could see your point in that you thought him putting up those shots was necessary in order to, again yeah. – you take you can't hit those shots if you don't take them in the first place, which is you know I guess that's what I just I mean it's more of like somebody's got to take them. Nobody else was taking them, so I'm just glad somebody was out there willing to take. But the some shots. of those were I think a little out of rhythm and they forced a little bit, maybe a couple too many. We're 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 gonna touch on that a little bit later on uh, okay. in the show too because we do have a question about it. But for now, it's time for credit cookies. And honestly, man, I'm. I've got some cookies to hand out that I'm surprised I'm handing out to certain players at this point in the season. We'll talk about that next. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. How does free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help you make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy or tofurkey in my case? Turkey is great, but we all know the best part of Thanksgiving dinner is the sides with Ibotta. You can make sure you get the whole family's favorite side dishes and the turkey all while getting yourself cash back. Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything that you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. It's that easy. Download the Ibotta app now and use the code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. 
Prize Picks is so easy to use. It's a great app. Uh, there's so many different options there for you to place a wager and making daily fantasy easy because that's what Prize Picks is all about. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and remember to use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Thanks again for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app for our everydayers out there. Really excited to bring you our interview with Eric Reed, Heat play-by-play legend Eric Reed uh, on Friday. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. Yeah, I mean, he was great. Um, but it's time for the tastiest segment on Locked On Heat, and it's just begging for a sponsor. It's credit cookies. Let's get it started with a heat win. They start the year one and oh, and I want to start with Bam Adebayo. 22 points, eight rebounds, three assists, seven of 13 overall. Look, this nothing eye popping from this game in general from anybody on the heat. But the thing about Bam that stood out to me was the 10 free throw attempts. Yeah, that is going to be so huge. I mean, seven of 13 is not bad from the field. That's that's a really good rate. Yeah. But the field goal attempts are going to be so important for him this year, and I just love how much he was getting to the basket. And and again, one game, you get a win here. It was closer than you wanted it to be, but I'm looking at trends. I'm looking at what we can learn from this, and one of the things that I'm learning from Bam here is he's still an elite defender. He's still awesome at all the other things that he does, and he's, and he's trying at least to get to the free throw line a little bit more. And you had actually a really good observation that you had told me up uh, at Media Row about the fact that it just feels like he's getting a better whistle right now. Yeah, I, I think he's taking that kind of star leap where he's drawing the context, it's pretty obvious, and the referees are making those calls in his favor. Not something that we saw over the last like two seasons after he became a starter. I don't think he was in that elite level class. I think he is now. I think between him and Jimmy, you're going to see combined maybe 15, 16 free throws per game between the two of them. It was 19 tonight, yeah. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't, I would assume that that's the the case moving forward because they don't whine, they don't complain. They get the friendly whistle, and they're star level players, and we yep. saw that all the way through their postseason run. So. I it's like a great observation, game. man. It's it's. I wonder, like him being in the finals last year, does that just kind of get the officials' attention a little bit? Like, okay, this dude's a star, and and he deserves these calls. And by the way, he's earning them. He's getting to the basket. Yes. You could argue he probably earned them last year and wasn't getting them as much. Yeah, I mean, I think again between Detroit's front court being physical and strong, and Bam being as active as he was. It makes the calls that much easier, but I mean, he's a top 20, 25 player. Like you, top 20. Yeah. Let's get rid of the five. You get that respect, and, and I think uh, he's earned it. And he's earned three credit cookies tonight. I think that's a fair amount, a fair number for him. Um, I'm going to give three to Tyler Hero, no and I can already way. feel the pushback. There it no is. No way. I got right here. I've got a list, and Tyler's name is not on it. How do you not credit Tyler Hero tonight? Because he shot. He had 16 points. He was a team high. He was a team high plus six. I don't care what he shot. He shot. He was good tonight. No, even worse than 33. Now I'm, I'm doing West math here. 7 of 24, that's like, that is really abysmal. That's less than 33%. How do you explain the plus six? <laughs> because he was sharing the floor with Jaime Hawkins? That's true. That's fair. <laughs> uh, okay. What did I say? Three. Three might be a little much. How I'm about, willing to how go about to half. Half a cookie? Half a cookie. For Tyler, his game, like, look, I am looking forward to seeing Tyler be much more consistent and being better than he was tonight. But tonight was not his night. Again, he was forcing it, taking a lot of shots. 
some of those are good because they're in rhythm. They weren't falling. You can't blame him for that. But you know what? He was taking a lot of shots. And again, at some point, and you saw this, like there were moments there where he, he knew that he was just like, he had the ball in his hands and he was trying to create offense because he wasn't able to knock those shots down earlier. That's forcing it. That's bad offense to me. Mm. So I think it was, look, again, I like the effort and I, I, I expect him to have much better games moving forward. Tonight what is not his night. He doesn't but, need credit <laughs> cookies tonight. Give him the high Where was the good offense? Like, where was the good offense happening there was tonight no good Miami? Offense. Yeah. There wasn't so no good like offense. you're saying, like, Tyler here wasn't being good offense. I'm like, it wasn't like there was a better option out there. It wasn't like Kyle Lowry was exactly so, being out here like, hey, let me set everybody up here. No. It was nothing going I, on. I, I just – I won't credit him. I think Bam did fine. I think Jaime Hawkins deserves, in my opinion, three credit cookies for his energy All level. Right, I think he, he – He played 13 minutes. And they were impactful 13 minutes. The run happened. I'm giving him credit cookies, minutes. but three is too many. All right. So I've got three for Tyler Hero credit cookies. What's the got difference? Two, two for Jaime and one for Tyler. I'll give one to Tyler. I'm going to keep it one for Jaime. He played 13 minutes. He, you don't, you can't. That's that's one minute. I mean, if you got two, let's try to do math here. That's two cookies per six and a half minutes. I don't know why. Or one mean, cookie per six and a half minutes. I love Jaime Hawkes. He was wonderful tonight. Uh, I, I love the energy that I played with. I love. Here's you the thing: step I keep away from this game. Jaime. When you step away from this game, who was the more impactful player during his minutes? Was it Tyler or was it Hyman? All right, we're not talking about PER. We're talking about credit cookies. It's a very different kind of advanced analytic. Um, <laughs> I it's the same thing. I love Jaime Hawkes Jr. I am all in on this guy. I from what we saw in training camp, preseason, now. My favorite, one of my favorite skills in the NBA, and this is even kind of relates to the Tyler Hero topic. It's I want you to do stuff, mm-hmm. make stuff happen. It is such an underrated skill set. And I sort of just joke about, hey, this guy makes stuff happen. But that's such an important skill. There's so many guys in the NBA that don't make anything happen. They make no stuff happen. Right. They're waiting for stuff to happen. And then they can sort of take advantage of the stuff that's happening around them. Three and like There's a lot of 3 and D players who basically just stand out by the perimeter and just wait for stuff to happen. The ball gets kicked out to them and they make an open jumper, right? But Jaime Hawkins is not that guy. He's yeah. a make stuff happen guy. Tyler Hero is a make stuff happen guy. And sometimes those guys don't have really efficient nights. Sometimes they look like what Jaime Hawkins did tonight. Three of three overall, six points, two assists, two rebounds. And like, honestly, it feels, to your point, it feels like it was like 60 points and 20 rebounds. Like he was just all over the place in his 13 minutes. Yeah. And he caught some dudes with the pump fakes and the footwork. I love watching him play too. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he made Alec Burks look silly. He made uh, I, I think I think he might have even had Osar Thompson mm. on, on one of those pump fakes. But he was bringing the ball up like we were calling it the let Tyler Cook lineup. But I think it was actually it letting was Jaime. A bit, it was, it was the Jaime, Jaime kitchen, man. He was he was bringing the ball up. He was initiating. He was making swift passes. He had a nice pass to Thomas Bryant that sailed right through Bryant's hands. Uh, and Brian was apologetic, of course, but I, I, you know, it was, I think Jaime did a really, really good job. I think he um, deserves more of the credit tonight. Than you, Tyler. you talked me into it. He's nice. got two cookies. Tyler's got one, which means we have more cookies to give out. But um, I did ask Jaime Hakez, uh, he, he, we, we were in the locker room with him after the game. And one of the plays that I really enjoyed was uh, poking the ball away mm-hmm. from Jaden Ivey, mm-hmm. who another, well, I love the Pistons young players, Ivy Cunningham Thompson. I love all three of those guys. I'm a big Ivy guy, but he does tend to go to his right hand a lot. And I remember asking, I Hawkes, no recorders, no other reporters around him. I was just like, Hey, like when you poke that away, is that, did you see that on the scouting report? Or is that just something that sort of happened? And he's like, no, I scouted that. He's like, he always goes to his right hand, especially on that side of the floor. When he wants to turn around, he's always going to turn baseline with that right hand. And so I just saw that coming. I kind of put my hand there and then the ball just ended up being there. I was like, 
I'm all Good in on this guy. I'm all in. I'm all in. High he's, IQ, smart guy. I'm all in. Does the work. I mean, I think he's going to be very productive. Um, all right. We've got a few more credit cookies to give out, and then we've got our listener questions. We're going to get to that next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Step into the action this NFL and NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app is so easy to use. That's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel dot com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season FanDuel, the official partner of the nfl and nba thanks for making locked on heat your first listen every day make sure you're subscribed on youtube and wherever you get your podcast a few more credit cookies to give out did you have duncan robinson on your list i did absolutely duncan robinson de- think- definitely deserves it quick stat line on him 15 points off the bench six of 10 shooting three of five from three-point range a couple of rebounds and assist, no turnovers, uh, and just the one foul that he got in his 22 it's minutes. Finals Duncan, you know, or postseason Duncan, post-season I should Duncan. say. Yeah, I think he was really, really good. Uh, you were a little upset at first about his kind of mixing it in and going to the mid-range shot, the floater on a couple occasions, but then he started finding his rhythm from down in the town, and he just looked really, really good. Uh, you mentioned he had his swagger back, and he, he I think he did. I think he does look yep. like, again – the version of him that was there a couple of seasons ago when he just signed a contract and everybody was doubting him mm-hmm. and he probably had a, a raging case of imposter syndrome. And I, I think he's kind of gotten over that to a certain extent. Uh, yeah, there was that play in the first half where he comes around a Bam Adebayo screen, put, or maybe it was a Thomas Bryant screen at that point because uh, it was all full second unit, I think. But puts the ball... Uh, passes up an open-ish three-pointer, puts the ball on the floor, and then just drives up, drives to the lane for a wide-open layup. And you're to my left, and you kind of pump fake, and I throw my hands up. Like, no. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> take the three-pointer. Uh, and I was right, because they only took 22 three-pointers tonight. If that didn't happen, they would have had 23, you know? And that's kind of the same thing. <laughs> so, um, uh, but again, looking at this game, I, I, I keep trying to zoom out and look at trends. And the trend that I have with Duncan is the swagger. It's exactly all of that. It's... He's got his confidence. He's rounded out his game in a way that makes him feel better. And I'll, oh, I'll take. Are you uh, saying that's a positive? I am saying that I'm okay with it in doses, but he needs to take more threes. Five out of the ten shots is not enough. For it should be closer to like seven out of ten, eight out of ten. But um, he's assisting. He knows exactly what he's doing, and his off-ball movement is so important. The, it's opening up things for so many Bam guys. It's still, it's still, yeah, it was just perfect precision, like. Um, and like never done, you know. It's, it's it's been such a, a mainstay of this the team for the last couple of seasons, and it's still there tonight. Let's do it quickly with Jimmy Butler. I'm going to give him one credit cookie. It was an okay night for him. 19 oh, points, six quiet. of 18 shooting. Um, went to the free throw line. Mate went seven of nine from there. Had 13 rebounds, but it felt like 12 of those rebounds were off of his own misses in this one at the basket. Um, had a had four assists, two steals. Uh, it was a quiet Jimmy Butler night. It was a good Jimmy Butler night. Here's I think we're cookie. a little spoiled after the postseason yeah, run. Right? It is. If it's yeah. not 40 points, we're like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> he was out there, I guess. But, yeah, he's he was really good early on. And I, I my notes indicate Jimmy's still good because he really is. Like, he made such a difference early on. Miami struggled offensively. And then Jimmy starts cooking, getting everybody involved. The next thing you know, Miami's able to build on the lead. So we have one more credit cookie to give out, if I have my math right. I've got mine to Thomas Bryant. I see a different name on your list. That's right, Kevin Love. I think, uh, you know, again, I said that he was going to be an X-factor for the season if he's hitting that three-point shot. And tonight, 
he might have played his best game of the season. I don't know how much more sustainable this kind of level from him is. <laughs> that's, that's depressing. I, that's, that's not a tongue in cheek, or that's not, I don't mean to be making a joke here. I just I don't know that he can put up these kinds of points regularly. Thirteen. Yeah. Oh, regularly. Okay. He could do thirteen again. He'll. Did he? Could he last year? Like in the brief stint that he was there? Like, I mean, he had those occasional games. I, I don't want to make it seem like I'm knocking him. He just, he was really good. And he was able yeah. to hit those shots after what we saw from him in the post and the preseason. Excuse me. I wasn't confident that he was going to be able to have this kind of a level game. And he That's was true. really impactful. It is his best game of the season so far. I think we can agree on that. <laughs> uh, his 10 rebounds were huge. Again, he didn't lead the team in rebounds. That was Jimmy with 13. Right. But Kevin Love had real rebounds, like on the defensive end and Detroit possessions against a big Pistons front line of Jalen Duran and Isaiah Stewart. They had Marvin Bagley playing 16 minutes off the bench also. Yeah. They needed his rebounds. Miami was out-rebounded in this one, 56-48, to 48, which is fine, I think, for this team. That's right about where I expect them to sort of be. Absolutely. But – um, without Kevin Love's 10 real rebounds, that looks a lot different. And they probably lose this game. So I'm okay with giving the credit cookies to Kevin Love over Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant, shout out, he, though. Yeah, absolutely. Solid game for him. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to our listener questions. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions using the hashtag AskLOHeat. This one comes from Professor X, who writes in, Why is Tyler so inefficient? It feels like we've already covered this topic a lot in this game in terms of the inefficiency. Uh, you know, seven of 24, we never really got down to the, the, what that percentage actually is. I guess we'll do some more research on that, but, um, I, I can live with the inefficiency when I see what it is that he's trying to do. And he's trying to get to the rim more. Um, he did dribble into a couple of mid range shots. That's always going to be part of his shot diet, especially if he's taking 24 shots a night. I'm okay. If Tyler is taking 20 to 25 shots a night. I do hope for that efficiency to go up. My problem is zero. The number zero, the number of free throws that he took. And I think that's going to be the biggest concern moving forward is that he's going to take these shots regardless. And sometimes they're going to fall. Sometimes they're not. Unfortunately, tonight they did not fall. He's got to be able to get that call. And there were a couple times there couple where he drove to like the rim and, and he felt like he should have gotten the call and he did not. That's unfortunate. But I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's a tenuous relationship between him and the referees or anything like that. But it's just not, not his game. I mean, he used to just make that a floater, right? Like uh, last season, that's a floater. That's a that's a stop and pop, or maybe even a kick out a little bit. I think it might his contact, and he's drawing it. Yeah, if that's the case, and he's not getting the calls, and that's a bigger problem. I hope that he doesn't stop trying to draw it. It's one game. Uh, I hope he doesn't stop trying to draw it. I hope that this, like, a couple games don't go by and he's trying to get to the basket. And he's like, look, he's talked about putting on more weight. He's up to 205 right now. He's talked about trying to get to the basket more and draw those fouls and get to the line four or five times a game. And um, I think that's there for him at some point this season. I just think he has to keep with it, and I hope that he doesn't shy away from it just because of a couple nights like this. He can um, only hope so. He visibly frustrated at one point, hit a three-point shot, uh, at a cr crucial moment to help Miami yeah. extend their lead, and kind of just threw his hands up and was just like kind of pleading to somebody. Well, thank God I was finally making able to make that shot or something. Like it was, it was very interesting to see him go, kind of go through this range of emotions over the course of the night. I was, I'm optimistic too because I, I like the aggression from him. I just would have liked for a lot of those shots to fall and also for him to be able to draw some trips to the line. He shot 40% overall tonight. So it's not like anybody was out here. No, just no. Like, it was sort I of know. an inefficient night but for them overall. That's the but... role that I'm expecting for yeah. him. Though. He has yeah. to be Miami's best and most consistent scorer. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, Kevin writes in, starting Lowry at point guard, have the Heat ever been down this bad? Tell me that you were born in 2019 without telling me that you were born in 2019. The Heat have been down way worse than this. At you just came in. What? At point guard? I mean, in general. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, I, we had a worse starting point guard than Kyle. Lowry. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Kendrick Nunn. He wasn't the starting point guard. He was Goran at that Goran, point. Goran, I guess. Yeah. Um, a worse days. starting point guard? I mean, than no. this Lowry? I guess, I guess not. I mean, if I, that's the question that Kevin is asking, the answer is probably no. And, and look, I, I had kind of pleaded for, for Kyle or I'd made my case that I thought Kyle was going to start, but if he's going to be this inconsistent, like hey, he wasn't, he wasn't much of a factor at all. Like he didn't take a shot. He took one shot again, as you mentioned, that. That it was barely a shot. He wasn't really setting the table for anybody. His defense was okay, but he was mostly a non-factor. I mean, there. his guy was Cade Cunningham. Cade went for 30 tonight. Well, yeah, I mean, he got those points on everybody. Like, he yeah, took shots no, on Jimmy, fair. he took shots on Bam. You know, it happens when the switch heavy defense. This, but. I just don't know what the other option is, I guess, to, to Kevin and your Drew point. Smith. But Drew Smith played almost nine minutes. He had two points, had a couple of deflections that I thought were nice, made a couple of defensive he plays, did, but he's a, he's a nothing on off. I mean, he's a non-factor oh, on offense. I forgot to mention, Tyler's defense was actually pretty solid tonight, despite yep. the fact that he like was the effort I saw. Yeah, uh, despite the fact that his shot wasn't falling, I think he did – recognize he had to do other things in order to make a positive impact in the game. And he certainly did that defensively. Are the heat bad enough at point guard for you to reconsider the James Harden option? Yes. Wow. Wait, for real? <laughs> I think so. I think I don't want to see another joke, wasted but... season. Like I know that they can flip the switch in the postseason. I just don't want to see another wasted 82 game effort from Jimmy and Bam. And if he's going to yeah. eat those innings and, and they can get it done, I don't see why not. There's no Gabe Vincent walking through that door right now. You know what I mean? There's, I can't believe we're at that point. Yeah, but I mean, right. Gabe's, they, Gabe was in the system for a really long time, had real playoff experience the year before last year when he basically became the starter for the postseason. Uh, Drew Smith could very well be that next Gabe Vincent one day, but he's not ready for that yet. I mean, the guy's brand new. He just came up in the two-way contract. So they need help at point guard. Again, no Josh Richardson tonight. He apparently got point guard reps in training camp. We barely saw it at all during actual preseason games. I don't think that that's necessarily the answer because Josh Richardson also isn't really a point guard. So, um, And they're clearly more comfortable with having somebody else run the offense on the first unit than Tyler Hero. They're comfortable enough with having Tyler run the second unit. But yeah, it's it's a... It's not a great situation for them at point guard. I would at least like to see Kyle Lowry take real shots in the flow of the offense to see if he can make shots because... Uh, that would feel like it could be there are moments there where he was at the beyond the perimeter there and he's got the ball in his hands and there's a defender there. He just came off a pick and roll and you know, the, the defender kind of stayed on, on the ball on the sorry, on the screener and he's got the ball there and kicks it out to Kevin Love. Uh, yeah, there was one where he kicked it to Kevin Love, another one where he kicked it to Duncan Robinson in that scenario. And then he ran pick and roll with Jimmy a couple of times. And every time that happens, you've got two defenders going with Jimmy and that if he wants to have that quick trigger on the shot, it's there. He could take that every single time he wants it. He just doesn't do it. And look, I understand that Kyle Lowry is unselfish, and that's his whole deal. But this team has enough unselfish guys. And when your best players are unselfish, Bam and Jimmy, then everybody else around them has to fall into line and be like, you know what? When the shot, when I get the shot because they're on the court, I got to take the shot and I got to make this shot. And it just feels like Lowry's not. I mean, look, it's this isn't new. He hasn't done this for three years. You know, and it's the difference is now he's just, just he's 37 years old, and I don't really know what he does out there on a at a high level anymore. I feel bad for saying it because he's a great player. He's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, but he's also 37. This just happens. Yeah. So, all right, we'll see what happens next Friday night. Uh, 
in Boston, ESPN national broadcast will be with you uh for a bonus episode this week we're going to be recapping that game uh on friday night so make sure you're tuned in also remember to check out our episode with play-by-play heat legend eric reed you're not going to want to miss what he has to say about his career about working with dr jack ramsey and all these other things we're really excited to give that to you on friday so thanks for making lockdown heat your first listen every day hit that subscribe button on youtube follow us on your favorite podcast app